Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Stunt Plane Podcast. I am so happy to be here with all you wonderful listeners. Everybody, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. And if you go over to Instagram, my Instagram um, account, at Stunt Plane Podcast or Piscopo Braden, you will see I have a picture of a Columbia 400 on there that I just posted earlier today. And I guys, I'm I actually changed my mind because the video I t- uh, uh, I'm gonna be sharing with y'all today is um uh, about the GB1 Game Bird is what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, I found a video on that at Pilot's Lounge um on uh, his on uh, YouTube right now. So everybody, I hope you guys uh, enjoy the episode, and we're gonna take around with that. So. Today, we're going to talk about the GB1 Game Bird, everybody. So, that's going to be a really fun episode to talk about. That's going to be a fun episode. So, everybody, um, fat, uh, that was supposed to be actually flown by a guy. I actually forgot the guy's name, but he was supposed to perform at the Plains of Fame Air Museum, or the Plains of Fame Air Show back in, um, May, back in May of 2020, uh, he is a, I think he, he was a pilot that flew this exact aircraft, and, uh, so that, kudos, cause that air show obviously got, uh, canceled, that, sorry, don't need to say kudos, that was my bad, so, everybody, I hope you're all doing well, and, um, I'm on another episode of the Stunt Plane Podcast. That's going to be a really fun episode. This is a really cool thing. So, folks, I hope you guys enjoy, and we're going to be doing a lot of fun things today. So, today's special guest is Sean D. Tucker, everybody. The same guest from the pilot that you heard a couple times in the pilot's episode. He's going to talk about him flying the GB1 Game Bird with, uh, Pilot's Lounge, uh, with the Pilot's Lounge host. So, everybody, I'm gonna play that for y'all right now. I hope you guys enjoy that, and, uh, we'll see you back here on, the, uh, ta- and we'll talk to you on the back end. Alright, hope you guys enjoy. Sean Tucker here today, and for those that are going to be, that don't want to wait, do you want to do the signature yell right now? Yeah, baby! (laughs) (laughs) And also, the the three best words in the English language, and that's, God bless America. That's right. (laughs) Well, there you go. So, I think for those that were waiting for that, goodbye for the rest. Hello. All right. Hello. Glad to be here. Hey, really, really good to see you. Chili, who 
was six years. Right. Six years on the Chilean uh, Air Force Halcone, three years as a, as a leader and three years as uh, as a right wingman. He's on the team, and then Bill Stive, our coach that uh, I've had for years, who's probably the, one of the most experienced formation team aerobatic pilots in America, is going to be my slot for this year. That's and nice. the, training ca- the training camps have been fabulous. We had a camp, we had a 14-day camp in uh, flying the extra 300s in uh, January. We had a 14-day camp uh, in uh, February, and then we were finished with the camp. All set to go to Arkansas to to take delivery of the game birds, and that's the aircraft we're going to use. Yeah. Using they're built in Bentonville, uh, Arkansas. That's, that's a beautiful airplane. Oh golly, it is just a blast. And um, I mean, it is it cruises at 190 knots, 25 gallons of gas, but and, <laughs> excuse me, 25 gallons acro tank, 81 gallons of gas total. So. You know, you can go 650, um, 750 nautical mile legs in comfort. The seats are ergonomic. You got a little trim tab. You got you got a great big old Garmin screen and all synthetic vision. And it is a fabulous flight equipment. It's built in America. We're going to train out of there beginning of May 10th. And we're going to play by the same rules we play in the sky. We're going to, we're going to probably brief outside. We're going to stay six feet apart. And... We're going to play by the same rules because now our life on Earth, we're betting our life on Earth on how we interact with each other until this, we find a vaccine and this thing is finished. And this industry is going to go bonkers when it opens up. It's going to go bonkers. It's outside. It's the 4th of July. It's, it's Indianapolis 500. And it's Top Gun all rolled into one. And it's, and, and it's going to go bonkers and i i really want to be a part of that yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right i think once this is over there will be a wave of everyone wanting to be part of aviation go flying go others go see others do really cool stuff it, it's going to be epic well you know and, and i've been flying air shows decades okay and i never ever not become so inspired by the fans just by taxiing by the fans and the kids, you see the joy on their face, the, the pure unbridled joy on their face, celebrating a freedom in the third dimension. And, and it's a very powerful metaphor. It is really powerful. We fly all the time. We All of us don't get excited to go to the airport, but then to share it with the kids, share it with grandpa, share it with grandma, share it with mom and dad. And, and it's so, so clean and wholesome. And, it's powerful. It's a very, very powerful metaphor, and I, I feel very privileged that I still get to be in the arena. I, I feel so very challenged to be able to lead this team correctly and with precision and elegance and grace and, most of all, reverence for the opportunity. Um, I'm not saying this is not dangerous. Five uh, formation aerobatics is dangerous, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to recognize that. That's pretty cool to have so the opportunity. Let me catch you on that one. Okay. All right. You mentioned that it's dangerous, and I happen to know, and I, that part of what I, why I wanted to talk to you is I want pilots to know you better. And when you, sorry to interrupt you, when you said danger, I know one thing about you, and that is you had to overcome. You didn't just shoo into an airplane, and you were natural. You had to overcome some you know, personal trepidations around flying. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, 
journey and now flying with 
three of the people in my, my wing. What a challenge. And we're going back to work pretty soon. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to see you guys fly. So, um, <laughs> you talked about the um, overcoming of the fear, or overcoming the emotion of fear getting reconnected. Um, I, you had a really, really incredible friend and a mentor that I've had the fortune to meet a couple times. That has overcome some really early issues with um, flying sickness. Bob Hoover. And no, excuse, excuse me. R A Bob Hoover. R A Bob. Sorry. See, I'm already failing here. You gotta keep the history crap now. Yeah. You magnificent SOB. I don't need to be that. shoes what would you do you're right 
do it. And 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 when when I wanted to right before his passing, I wanted to rename our nonprofit for our at risk kids in Salinas, Bob Uber Academy. And I he said, Why me, Sean? I said, Bob, come on. Come on. Look how hard you worked to get where you were at. You dedicated your whole life form to the art form of flight. You didn't leave one stone unturned to be the very best you could be, to be the smoothest you could be. And you were broke. You weren't gifted. You earned everything, everything. Those are the core values I want these kids to see, that it doesn't matter the color of your skin, your, your socioeconomic economic circumstances. If you live in this country, no matter who you are, your dreams are valid, but you got to work. And then again, he looks me in the eyes and a little tear going down. He goes, let's do this. And I, I, I'm just so delighted he, he got to meet some of the kids. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. We're doing great, by the way. We're, we got, I got kids finishing boot camp of the Marine Corps. I got kids graduating from college. It, it's really, it's, it's not an easy journey with these kids. But it is so rewarding spiritually to feel like besides your own children that you're opening the doors for other children who are becoming viable, productive, proud, decent citizens of the United States of America. And that's really fun. And, and for us. I'm super excited about some of the new hardware coming out. Uh, we are, you know, not long for not I don't think we're going to have to wait for too long for things like electric propulsion. And somebody that knows what, how airplane behaves down to a millimeter and who has perfected this dance in the sky, as you call it, which I absolutely love that statement. Now, putting in, uh, you know, moving from a, an engine that's a 50-year-old tech to an electric motor that has instant torque, uh, oh, uh, weight distribution, you can control all those things. How is that going to change what you do? It can, it's got to be incredible. Oh, my goodness. I, I just I envision it, you know, the, the power to weight and that torque and how you – because what, what I love about how – okay, us, the Leos of the world, the art shows of the world, uh, Charlie Hillard's of the world, uh, you know, enamored another segment of the population to go to model airplanes. And we were the doing the loops and the rolls and all that, and then the modelers figured out to do 3D and tumble and flip, stop in the sky and touch the tail to the ground. But they got power to weight. They got torque. And I can't wait till you could just hover an airplane and stop it and fly backwards, go farther up, and then I mean, it's really going to be fun. I really think it's going to be exciting. And now with the technology and lighter weights, longer duration, what an opportunity. And I just want to be around to do it. I want to be around to touch that kind of airplane because we got roll rate, okay? We got we got speed, okay? But we don't have enough torque. We need torque. And electric, <laughs> electric airplanes will give us that. I've, you know, I've had the machine heart or adventure gene all my life, cars, motorcycles, now airplanes. And I love what he just said, we need more torque. That's right. Any way you put it, more power is good. Now, so what, when, you, yeah, when you see yourself fly, what, what's going through your head? I, I don't like what I see when I see myself fly. I don't think, it's, I don't think honestly, I don't think it's exciting enough, okay? I say, 
see myself fly uh, with the team, I go, wow, look how good they're doing. Because I'm just the lead, okay? I'm, I'm establishing a predictable platform so they can safely get in. And all I have to do is be smooth and predictable. But, but I love watching other people fly. I love watching them get on my way. I just love the whole symmetry of the situation. Right. But, you know, um, I think all aviators have to have a reverence for the opportunity we have. And we all have to manage as a team, as, as, as a family, to manage that reverence. And if we see somebody that's, that is being irresponsible, you got to call him out on it. Because whatever he does is going to affect the rest of us. And, and it takes courage to call people out. But if people are doing things that are unsafe or reckless, you got to bust them. And, and because you need to respect, this is a very precious industry. And, and the aerospace air industry especially so. And, and I'm hardcore on safety. It's not only proficiency, but it's reverence. And if you don't have the reverence, and all you care about, as yourself, they're going to take away this privilege from all of us. I mean, they're going to take away this privilege, and, and it doesn't need to be taken away. We just got to stand up and play as aviators to hold every other aviator accountable. And if somebody's rusty, you got to say, dude, you're rusty. Let's go flying. Or or somebody's being dumbass, you got to say you can't do that because it, it affects all of us. I started flying seven years ago or so. Um, I was in and out of it for about a year and a half, slowly taking lessons. I was commuting between uh, nearly two coasts of the country. I was kind of on it. Other than knowing my instructor, I knew nobody in aviation. And then I was fortunate to fall into the industry by a very fortunate accident, thanks to uh, Mark Baker, who brought me in to AOPA. Um, actually, thanks to you, to a couple of conversations that I remember that I'm sure you don't, um, I felt like I was welcomed into truly, as you said a few minutes ago, a family. Uh, and I would say, you know, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would love aviation as much as I do now. Uh, now, not everybody gets that luxury and to meet you guys and get the welcome that I did into this incredible industry. So. Um, the people that I would love for you to speak to right now is, is people like me that took their first lesson a month ago, two months ago, now are stuck not flying, people that have 10 hours in and life got in the way and stopped flying and now are, you're, you're out of date and continuing and finishing. You know, those really tens of thousands of people that just need a welcome, give them that welcome. You know, it's a, it's a journey and, and once you start flying an airplane, you're becoming an aviator. And nobody can take that away from you. And, and on my journey and my on my airshow career, it certainly wasn't easy. I I lost a dream. I lost a dream for six years, but I thought about it every day. When I when when, when I wake up in the morning, I would think about it. And and it's you know, it's not just career wise, it's just who you it helps us define who we are as human beings. And we chose flight as one of the defining things. And you do it in baby steps. There's no, you know, life's a journey. You don't get, you know, you don't get everything you want all the time. You get what you need. And, and there's a song like that, right? And I, I really feel that 
else wouldn't get there. Just like when a tough, tough mountain you're climbing, the harder it is when you get to the top of that summit, that's a pretty good feeling. You know what you do when you get to the top of that summit? Besides go down, you, you think of the next summit you want to do. And so I my, my feeling is, and what I always do, is take baby steps. I told this team, I want to be leading the best formation aerobatic team in the world. But we're not going to do that tomorrow. Okay, we're going to take baby steps to be the best formation aerobatic team in the world. And we're going to earn it. And we're going to earn it every step of the way. And we're going to do it with reverence. We're going to do it with joy. And we're going to do it with commitment to excellence and the execution. But we're not going to let our egos get in the way and thinking we have to have it all now. Okay, this is all, life is such a magnificent journey, even through this pandemic that's just rocked the entire world. We're going to come out of this. We have the opportunity to come out of this better human beings. Flying these airplanes, every time you go flying, you have a chance to be a better aviator than you were the time before. Even if you only can afford to fly once every six months, go fly it. And it, because then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're working, your energy is going to, to keep flying, and, and it'll, it always, always works. And uh, you'll eventually find somebody who will welcome you with open arms into the community of humans behind it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ab absolutely. And you know, one thing I have to say is, um, I think ALP is one, of the, is one of the greatest organizations out there because it's all about the pilots. It's all about the outreach program of the pilots. It's, it allows us to be a community. I remember the, the first AOPA time I became a member and I got that decal and I put it on the back of my car and I had AOPA, you know? I mean, it, it is really an important, important resource center. It's an important advocate. I think you guys are doing a great job. I love Mark's leadership. And, and you should be very proud to be uh, working for ALPA. Proud and uh, very fortunate. Yes, you are. And again, and, uh, I'm, you know, and, and I'm fortunate to be an ALP member. Uh, thank you for being one. And uh, again, I know that you probably don't remember the first time or the second time I ran into you when I started this journey. Thank you for being you because you have influence on a lot of people that are just getting into this a lot more than you probably think. Well, well, I really appreciate I appreciate that compliment. Thank you. Well, and uh, thanks for being here today. Thanks for your time. Uh, hope to see you in the sky as soon as possible. Stay safe. And uh, just like your uh, t-shirt says, I was glad to be here today, too. <laughs> Take care, my friend.
Okay, everybody, that was the 26 little minute video on the Pilot Lounge. Sean D. Tucker flies the GB1 Gamebird. We talked to Sean Tucker about his awesome aerobatic flying and taking delivery of the GB1 Gamebird. Okay, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, next, we are going to look up a picture of a GB1, a GB1 Gamebird right now. So that's like I said earlier, it was flown by a pilot whose name I forgot, who was supposed to perform at the 2020 Chino Air Show back in the... Or Plains of Fame Air Museum. So everybody, uh, now that's here's a summary about it. The game composites the GB1 Gaybird is a British single seat, single engine, two seat aerobatic aircraft that was designed by Philip Steinbach. Oh, Steinbach was the guy's name. Okay, my bad. I now now I know who he is. And the first prototype was built by Game Composites. Uh, the first flight was back on July 15th, 2015, uh, is the manufacturer Game Composites, and the number, at least 28 of these aircraft were built, of th and then the designer was Mr. Philip Steinbach, who was supposed to obviously perform at the 2020 Planes of Fame, or er, er, Planes of Fame Air Show, yeah. So everybody, I hope you guys, uh, so everybody, now we're gonna go look at a picture of it. Here is one, and the color, it is mostly green, um, it is a, it has green on the back, and green on the front a little bit, a green propeller slosh on it with a black, with a black landing gear slice with a black landing gear shells with a red and black wings, with red and, red and black wings, black wings, a black and white slosh on the middle of it, and a GB1 game bird in white and, er, in white and green. So, that was a, a picture of it. Now, it's a really, it looks like a really beautiful aircraft to fly, uh, to watch fly. Hopefully, Philip Steinbach performs at next year's air show. Sorry, I'm sorry that he his um, show got um, canceled, and uh, that's gonna be a really fun aircraft to uh, talk about. So, everybody, uh, that well, uh, we're gonna stop at 33 minutes. 33 minutes. We're gonna stop at 33 minutes once it gets over on to the uh, episode. So. Everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that, and, um, folks, uh, we'll see you next week, everybody, uh, to, to discuss one, a, to discuss a Russian aircraft, the Sukhoi Su-29, everyone, that's gonna be next week, this podcast host will say, we'll see you then, bye.